Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the spiking American gun violence epidemic. I'm Sarah Germain Lilly. I'm Ty Kersley. This afternoon, we share an interview with director Michael Cody, organizer of Enough Plays to End Gun Violence. This nationwide project of play readings is being sponsored by the Dramatist Guild. Michael explains the development of the project and what it hopes to do. While host Sarah Lilly includes voices from high school students in Brooklyn who are working to perform the plays in Fort Greene. So Sarah, tell us about Enough Plays to End Gun Violence. We want the listeners to find out about this project. Well, at a gag meeting, playwright Myra Slotnick told us about the project and some of us were interested in helping sponsor readings. And it's just the perfect nexus of things that I care about and and already doing in my life. The gun violence prevention, uh, teaching high school, theater. uh, Yeah, all of it, all of it really came together around this project. And I have a class of great high school students who are dedicated to theater and committed to this project. So, uh, yeah, so we're ready to go on April 20th with enough plays to end gun violence. And they're working right now on a staged reading of these nine plays. Playwrights from around the country, grades six through 12. Well, it's inspiring to hear about an event that brings people together around the issue of gun violence, especially um, when it's a, there's a daily reality in some communities. Yeah, and what's most inspiring to me is Michael's assertion that we first need to wake up and stop pretending that violence doesn't exist. And there is legislation before Congress that can make a difference on the national level while people can work in their own communities with youth, with victims of all types of family violence to reduce violent injuries and deaths. Let's have a listen. Welcome listeners to our Radio Gag interview this week. We are interviewing Michael Cody He is an innovative director and producer, and he is the producer of an amazing festival of plays called Enough Plays to End Gun Violence. So, Michael, tell us about yourself. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. Uh, I am a director out of Chicago, Uh, moved here a number of years ago to come here for grad school at Northwestern for directing. Um, I've been mostly working in the Midwest and uh, about two years ago started this project in 2019 um, and uh, have been really focused on it ever since. 2019 it got started. Okay. So tell us about the event. What does it look like? Enough plays to end gun violence. Yeah, well, the the a project has really two main components to it. The first phase of it is our call for submissions. And our call for submissions is that we put out a call nationwide to uh, writers, teen writers in 6th to 12th grade 
to confront the issue of gun violence using playwriting, writing short 10 minute plays. And the prompt is really that open to confront the issue of gun violence. Um, there's no, uh, in, in our in our website and all that, there's nothing that we put forward specifically as a solution because what we want is for the students from their perspective, from their experience and from their writing to hopefully present to us um, perspectives and solutions that, um, that we can uh, talk about and move forward with. And we have done this twice now where we've put out this call nationwide um, uh, across the two calls, we've received uh, over 300 plays from about uh, half the, the states in our country. And what we do from that point on is that we select a handful of those plays, six to eight, to comprise an evening of theater. And we then make those available in phase two of the project, which is our nationwide reading. So we put the plays together into an evening of theater and we invite schools, theaters, colleges, faith-based groups, really any community organization that wants to be a part of this nationwide reading to join us on the same evening and read these plays in their community. And then the really important component of this is that we read the plays uh, as part of a staged reading or maybe even a low, more low-key sort of like, um, uh, uh, you know, reading group of, uh, of a classroom, but that there is an opportunity afterwards for discussion, community dialogue. And whatever form that takes really depends on the organization. Sometimes it's in the traditional form of a talk back with the audience and the actors. Other times it's been really exciting because they've uh, made it more of a panel discussion with community leaders or um, people in the gun violence prevention uh, movement or act local activists. So they've brought mayors in and common council members to hear these plays written by these young people, these really bold, and provocative often plays, and then use that as this common meeting ground to talk about this issue that impacts this entire country, but not every community in the same way. Um, and that the hope is that these plays will spark those critical conversations first, and then inspire some meaningful action afterwards. And that's our nationwide reading. That's the culminating event. And we're in uh, year two of the project. And we're coming up, we're about a month away from our next nationwide reading on uh, April 20th of this year, which is, of course, the 23-year uh, mark of the Columbine shootings. Thank you. Yeah, most listeners know that I'm a high school teacher here in Brooklyn, and our students at Dr. Susan S. McKinney are uh, participating in the reading this year, and we have mm -hmm. begun our rehearsals. And the students are so excited about the plays. They love the drama. They love the theater. Uh, and working on this issue, you know, is something that, that impacts them. You know, some of them have already had family members who've been impacted by gun violence. Right. So it's really a profound subject for them to address. Is there an urgency about the timing of this year's event more than 20 years after the Columbine killings? Well, you know, the, for me, you know, Columbine really sticks out for me personally. I was in middle school at the time. And I remember the event being sort of earth shattering. You know, I remember coming home and um, I think I, more, more than anything, 
more than any of the newscasts or anything that came out afterwards, the thing I really remember about it is just seeing how it just devastated my mom, you know, like, and, and we grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, you know, hundreds, thousands of miles away from Littleton. So um, I remember just how much that seemed to shake our country and shake us uh, as individuals. But I never, ever had to grow up in the culture of active drills, uh, you know, active shooter drills. Um, uh, you know, maybe we had them occasionally, but it never was a part of my culture growing up in school, either in high school, middle school or college. And to read these plays, you know, if there's one thing that's consistent among the 300 plays that I've read, um, is that there is a real palpable sense of anxiety and fear and a really, um, a really sad uh, theme of eventuality, um, which just uh, for one feels completely unfair, but also feels completely foreign to me uh, being how many, however many years removed from high school, you know, I've never had that point of view. So, you know, obviously we picked the date intentionally because it is a, a, a day that we should honor with action. Um, but it also, you know, it, it feels like we've had these horrific instances since then, Sandy Hook, Parkland, and, you know, too many others that, uh, to name, that, um, that even though they, they seem to really grab us in the, in the minute it happens in the immediate aftermath of the trauma. And some of it has led to, especially with Parkland and this led to a great youth movement, which inspired this project. Uh, the, it doesn't, it all starts to feel like um, an eventuality in our country that we are a normalcy that we are preparing for rather than actively addressing. And so, um, so, the one of the ideas behind this project is, you know, we shouldn't only be talking about gun violence in the immediate aftermath of a trauma. You know, we shouldn't because often that also seems to be a place where it's like, oh, this isn't the time. It isn't the time to talk about it. Well, let's make the time. Right. If that's going to be the argument, let's make the time to talk about it and let's do it in these spaces where we're meant to gather and we're meant to form community and we're meant to you know, the theater is really uh, an engine of empathy. And what these plays are meant to do is encourage people to listen to these stories written by these young people, these passionate young people, perhaps even performed by the passionate young people in your community. And, and you know, be challenged to really listen to this point of view and let it impact you and let it work on your mind and your heart. Um, and then afterwards, connect with the other members of your community. So, you know, in, in terms of urgency, I think this, I think this issue is always urgent. Um, and, 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 it, and it doesn't, you know, I don't want it to go by without saying like, look, this is happening on the, uh, the, the anniversary of Columbine. Um, we've talked a, a lot, I've talked a lot at the moment about school shootings, but they're, you know, school shootings, mass shootings is a small minority of the amount of gun violence. And it doesn't even begin to address the, uh, you know, the ongoing gun violence in, in marginalized communities, which, you know, this year we've got three just amazing plays that really emphasize that point. 
and to bring those plays specifically to uh, communities that don't experience that, that that isn't their reality. You know, that's part of the point too. It's not just to reflect what, you know, my high school, South Milwaukee High School in Wisconsin is going to be doing a reading, not just to reflect what those students are experiencing in terms of anxiety about school shootings, but what are their um, compatriots, you know, maybe a couple miles north in Milwaukee experiencing in terms of um, what their day-to-day community is. So uh, in terms of urgency, you know, the, the date is, it, it, you know, dates like those are obvious places to honor with this kind of action, but the urgency I think is ever present. And I think it demands us making the time and the space in order to address it. You're listening to Radio Gag, the Gaze Against Gun Show, here on listener-sponsored commercial-free radio, WBAI 99.5 FM. We are here every Tuesday at 2.30, bringing you the latest in gun violence prevention movement news. Now, next we hear Michael Cody explain how we can attend readings of Enough Place to End Gun Violence in our own neighborhoods. Now... Uh, we have talked a little bit about this. Um, what would you see or what would you say to people who, who say, well, well, Michael, what can we do about gun violence in our community? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the first thing to do is to stop ignoring it, you know, to stop, to stop um, kind of letting your, eyes glaze over when the news comes on that someone else is shot and sort of, you know, fighting against that. I don't know, that feeling of ambivalence or hopelessness that this is just how things have to be. Um, I think, I think it, it comes down to also asking communities that are most impacted by it. Like what do they need? How can you help? Um, you know, I, I hope in a lot of ways that this project is, um, is a bit of the, you know, uh, in playwriting, there's the term, the inciting incident, like the moment that everything changes and the moment that's, you know, sets things in motion. I hope that in a way this can be an inciting incident for a community to decide what action is necessary. Um, because really, I mean, like I'm in Chicago and that's going to be totally different for, uh, for the people who come to see the reading and, and who live here to determine what needs to happen here. And now then, you know, our readings in, um, in Arizona or in California or, you know, anywhere else. So, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it, maybe it sounds, uh, I don't know if this sounds glib, but it's just like, I think the first thing is like more people have to care <laughs> and more people have to, maybe um, turn their outrage into, into something like Manuel and um, Patricia have, who, you know, they, I mean, they're complete heroes to me in the sense that no one should have to do what, um, no one should have to have gone through what they've gone through, but, but they did. And now they've chosen to be parents for a whole generation you know, and, and they really treat um, every loss and an extension of, you know, losing Joaquin. Um, 
Thank you. Thank you. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell us about the project? And then maybe you can tell us how uh, people can get in touch and find out about play readings that are in their community. Yeah, absolutely. So the, there's still time. If there's any communities out there that are interested in joining the reading, it's free to participate. It's a uh, uh, it could be digital or in person, and it and it could be as low key or as elaborate as as you have the capacity to do. Um, but there's several options in terms of participating. So uh, on our website, enoughplays.com, uh, there's a page for our nationwide reading. And when you go there, you can see a list of all the reading sites, and soon that will be updated with more information about is it virtual, is it digital, and how can you be a part of it. So if you're near one of those. You know, I, I encourage you to to tune in um, or show up. Uh, last year they were all digital, so it's I'm getting used to the idea of them being um, being in person. Um, but we will have a few digital options as well for folks who don't have something in their immediate um, vicinity. Our our production um, with Lincoln Center and Roundabout Youth Ensemble, uh, we plan on streaming the night of. So there's a, a an exciting opportunity to tune in then, and then. Um, plans for the Goodman Theater in Chicago to also um, like re-release -re their, uh, their reading on, um, on a digital platform. So those are opportunities to tune in. And um, uh, other ways to get involved is that, you know, we're already thinking about what year three is going to be and looking for more submissions from, you know, passionate young writers. So the easiest way to learn what's on the horizon is to go to our website and uh, sign up for the newsletter to be in the know of what's coming up. Great, great, great. I think your dogs are excited about spreading the word as well. <laughs> here, here. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They're like, oh, you're doing something. I'm going to, I'm going to say a few words. Yeah. And I have to tell you, I think that there is nothing more empowering to young people than for their voices to be heard by an audience on stage. So thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, listeners, you'll be hearing more about our Enough Plays to End Gun Violence reading on April 20th at Dr. Susan S. McKinney, which is located at 101 Park Avenue, right here in Brooklyn, New York. So thanks so much for being with us today. And boy, thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for being part of it. Well, we are right at the end of our show, but we've saved the best for you. The student actors of Dr. Susan S. McKinney, SSA, will share a few words with us about what it's like to be involved in this exciting project. Enough. Plays to end gun violence. I love these kids. <laughs> Welcome back, listeners. We are here at Dr. Susan S. McKinney. And we are sitting with Alex and Zaria and Ismail, and they are three student actors who will be participating in our reading, Enough Plays to End Gun Violence, on April 20th. Alex, why don't you tell me what you think of the process so far? What's it like to read these plays about gun violence? Well, it is definitely very interesting and, you know, kind of, intrigues me into learning things about, you know, gun violence. Um, I don't know too much about it, but I did hear a lot about it and, you know, the fact that, you know, there are movements going out through the stops of like this, you know, it's 
I, I appreciate the people who you know try to keep a keep your uh, communities a lot safer and try to avoid anything dangerous like that. Question again. So, um, what's it like to be working on these plays that are about gun violence? Um, definitely broadens my mind on the possibilities of what could happen, what could not, uh, and how to solve it and stuff like that. I don't know. I've always been the optimistic type when it comes to problems. Just, I want to solve them the best way I possibly can. Um, and as far as like personal experiences, I've only had one. I won't go into specifics, but um, yeah, it's just really broadens my perspective, generally speaking. And since we live in New York and I, I, I watch the news, um, I always just keep hopes that people who are close to me, friends, family, whoever um, is close to me, generally speaking, I hope they just do all right. Sure. It, it, that's a good motive to live by. Thank yeah. You. Very good. What's it like for you guys as an actor? Because you know that you're going to be asked to play somebody who's been affected by gun violence. You might be asked to play the shooter. You might be asked to play a victim. How do you feel about that? Let's have Zarya start that off. Um, how I would feel? Um, to either play, to play a shooter, um... Honestly, it give me, I, I feel like it, it's not really going to affect me too much, but at the same time, I'm going to feel something from it because then it's like, sheesh, because I know this may have actually happened or, you know, this really could happen to someone. To play victim, I feel like I... I, I guess I would know what the character is going through, and it, it, it makes me feel sad for the victim. And with the shooter, I guess, like, I really, I'll be like, wow, I really hope this person goes to jail for life, 25 to life without parole. Um, and to play someone who's experienced it, that survived, um, I feel sorry for that person because of what they had to go through, you know, violence happened. All right, well, yep, April 20th, 6.30 p.m., Dr. Susan S. McKinney, 101 Park Avenue. You will be able to see these students and others performing in enough plays to end gun violence, part of a nationwide reading that's taking place on the anniversary of the Columbine shooting that was April 20th in 1999. So thanks for being with us today, guys. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at gazeagainstgunsny on Facebook and Instagram or gag no guns on Twitter. Also, be sure to check out our website to learn more about creating your own gag chapter. Come to a meeting. Here in New York, we meet once a month on Thursday in Manhattan at the LGBT Center on 13th Street. Our next meeting is April 28th, where we will be planning all kinds of great actions and protests. So please join us. And remember, all are welcome to attend gag meetings. And another great way to get involved is by becoming a BAI buddy. A BAI buddy is someone who keeps our unique volunteer-run radio station going by giving a small donation every month. 
And really, just a modest monthly contribution can really help keep us on the air here at WBAI to bring you this live show every week. Just go to WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950 and become a BAI buddy in the name of Radio Gag. And thank you. Thanks for listening. And we are back next Tuesday and every Tuesday at 2.30 p.m. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows anytime on the WBAI website or on any major podcast platform. Thank you so much for listening and have a great and safe day.